You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Sports Radio Detroit is proud to present the Whip and Nene podcast here on SportsRadioDetroit.com SRD with your show hosts Pete Spivak, Ryan Dickey, and Dana Garuder as the boys break down the road to the Kentucky Derby. And here it is! The 37-year wait is over! American Pharoah is finally the one! American Pharoah has won the Triple Crown! And here are your show hosts Pete Spivak, Ryan Dickey, and Dana Garuder. Yes, welcome in everybody to the latest episode of the Whip and Nene podcast here on SportsRadioDetroit.com SRD. I am indeed one of the show hosts. I am Pete Spivak. You can hear me doing sports updates and traffic updates in the Detroit area for the iHeart Media Stations and Sirius Radio Detroit. And with me is one of my usual co-hosts, and that would be the great Dana Garuder. Dana, welcome in, my friend. How you doing, Pete? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. And usually who we have with us is the great Ryan Dickey. Unfortunately, Ryan Dickey is not going to be with us tonight, as was originally scheduled. Actually, tonight was going to be Ryan's final show with us, at least on a regular basis, because he has basically moved on into the horse racing industry on a full-time basis with a couple different jobs, actually. Uh, So that's what Ryan has been up to, but he is not with us tonight. He is actually starting one of his brand-new jobs this evening in Kentucky. So uh, Ryan will be back with us next week when we have three races to break down, but coming up next week when we do have Ryan with us, It'll be our final show, at least on a regular basis, with the great Ryan Dickey. So I just want to let everybody know that up front. No Ryan Dickey today, but he will be back next week. So with that, we might as well move on into the show and get into what happened last week. It was the LeCompte Stakes from the Fairgrounds Race Course in New Orleans, Louisiana. And it's the great Danny Garuder with what happened last week. What's going? What happened, buddy? Well, the race was run at fairgrounds at a mile and 70 yards. This was one of those 10 derby qualifying points. Uh, we're still uh, working our way up to the to the races where the points count for 50 and 100 for the win. So this was just a 10 uh, a 10 point uh, prep, but the winner was quite impressive. War of Will out of the Mark Cassie barn won by daylight by by a few lengths. Um, and was surprisingly uh, heavily bet favorite. He was six to one on the morning line. He went off at eight to five, paid five twenty to win, and he won impressively. As I said, he earned a uh, pretty solid buyer speed figure of ninety four. Uh, took took control of the race around the turn, and uh, the rest of the field uh, just saw his hooves after that. Uh, finishing second was a long shot, Hog Creek Hustle. Uh, who had won uh, a race two back, uh, a sprint race at seven furlongs. This one stretched out nicely and rallied for second. And then we had for third, Manny Wah, who was a front runner, who managed to hold on for a share uh, and uh, pick up a few derby points that way. Uh, but this race, uh, I think, showed that Wara Will is, is going to be a factor on the triple crown scene. Uh, the 94 buyer speed figure is pretty solid at this time of year, and if he continues to improve, that was his, really his first race on a dry, uh, fast track. Uh, I think he's going to be a factor on uh, a big factor uh, in the bigger races. So with that, we'll go back to Pete. 
Well, I hear you, Dana. And just to add one thing about the LeCompte from last week, uh, interesting to note that the second and third favorites, uh, Titan and Plusca Parfait, uh, they didn't really hit the board. Actually, Plusca Parfait finished fourth. But my whole point is that uh, they were basically off the board. It was the favorite at 8-5, to five, like you mentioned, War of Will. Uh, but at least I predicted Manny Wah to finish third. So, <laughs> Yeah, you got Manny Wah. And I like Todd Greek Russell for second. He finished second. My, my top choice, we won't talk about him. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> we. <laughs> I think the, I think all three of us sort of screwed up on that one, but that's okay, man. That's that's what happens in a race like that. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, that's what happened last week with the LeCompte Stakes from the Fairgrounds Race Course in New Orleans, Louisiana. And so Dana and myself, we're going to move on to what's coming up on Friday. Actually, when you're listening to this, uh, Friday is today. So uh, what's coming up today uh, will be, uh, the, uh, we're going to talk about a race that is coming up today. But before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody to log on to sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD, and check out the new look of the website. It's a spectacular new look. Everything has been redone for 2019. Again, check out sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD, for the new look of the website. All the usual shows are still there, including the Whip and Nene podcast, but definitely the uh, website looks spectacular. Give it a check, give it a click, and awesome content is on there. Again, that's sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD. So, Dana, my friend, let's get into Friday's, or let's say today's, ungraded one-mile, $150,000 Smarty Jones Stakes from Oaklawn Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And the uh, stakes race was named after the 2004 Kentucky Derby and Preakness stakes winner, Smarty Jones. This will be race eight on your card. Points awarded on the road to the Derby, 10 for the win, four for second, two for third, and one for fourth. A field of nine horses and post time scheduled for around 4.52 Eastern Standard Time. And the weather will be partly cloudy with a high near 44, so good racing weather. Dana, what is your prediction? Well, first of all, this opening day at Oakland and... I love Oakland Park. I have never been there. I just like the racing there because it's all dirt racing. And uh, there's big fields there. And you can make some good money uh, betting these races if you if you come up with the right horses. Because, you know, you're, you, you get value in, the, in a lot of the races at Oakland Park. So I highly recommend, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're a handicapper, to concentrate on the Oakland meet because it's it's a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoy betting the races there. But anyway, for this particular race, um, it's an interesting uh, field. Uh, it's somewhat reminiscent of uh, that Remington race we did a few couple months ago where Steve Asmussen had several horses in the race. He has a few in this race from that particular race, the Springboard Mile. Uh, the winner of that race was Long Range Toddy, uh, who drew the rail here, has uh, 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 Aramia, the jockey who, uh, who rode him in, the, in that particular race, is back aboard. And the horse who finished second was also Steve Asmussen horse, and that was Bankett with his uh, regular rider, Rafael Santana. Uh, in that particular race, uh, it was it was a very crowded pack. Like the, it seemed like all the horses were bunched up pretty much the whole race. The, the pace was not as fast as they expected, and it was a real cavalry charge down the stretch. Long Ridge Toddy was blocked on the inside for a while and then found some room, pulled away, and then barely held off Bankett, who was dead last, waved his way through traffic, and almost caught his uh, stablemate. This particular race, I think we're going to see a, a flip-flop there. I think Bankett 
is going to win this race with Long Range Toddy finishing in the money. The other uh, major contender here is a horse called uh, Gray Attempt, who's out of the William Fire Stables. He's a front runner. He's only run a sprint so far. He ran a six and a half furlong race at the Churchill Downs uh, and broke his maiden two back and then went to the fairgrounds, raced in the Sugar Bowl stakes at six furlongs and went wire to wire, ran a big speed figure. And the two horses behind him were Maniwa, who we just talked about finishing third uh, in the LeCompte, and Hog Creek Hustle was the third place finisher in that race, and he finished second in the LeCompte. So obviously that flatters Gray attempt. The only question Mark had about Gray attempt is whether he's going to be able to stretch out well. The, the There's a key horse in this race along with Gray attempt, and that's the horse on the outside of him, Jack Van Berg, a horse obviously named after the late Hall of Fame trainer, Jack Van Berg, he's the only real speed in the race besides Gray Attempt. If Jack Van Berg is, is uh, sent to the front or, or really pressures Gray Attempt, that should set it up for Bankett to win the race. If Gray Attempt gets a nice easy lead, he'll be gone and he'll win the race. So I'm going to go with Bankett first to, to catch Gray Attempt. Gray Attempt will be my second choice. And then finishing third will be Long Range Toddy. I see the pretty much a, 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 most of the favorites finishing in the money here. So that's the way I look at it, and I'll turn it back to Pete now. Dana, real quick, before you uh, exit, uh, at least for, from the, your uh, pick here for the Smarty Jones, I want to let you know, in case you didn't know, uh, Jack Van Berg is actually double-entried right now. Uh, he could be scratched for today's race uh, because uh, when the scratches do come out because he is also scheduled to race at the fairgrounds on Saturday. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, we we are recording the show on Thursday evening, so uh, you're hearing this on Friday. So watch out for the nine horse Jack Van Berg could be scratched and racing over at Fairgrounds on Saturday instead of racing Friday at Oaklawn. So does that change your pick for anything? Uh, well, it would. I mean, I, I as I said, t- to me, Jack Van Berg uh, is the only other speed in the race besides Great Temp. So if Jack Van Berg gets scratched. Great attempt should have this uh, race over a barrel. I mean, he should be able to get a nice, easy lead and and rate and go wire to wire. If Jack Van Berg stays in the race and battles great attempt, then I'm looking at Bankett. So that's the way I would play it. If you know, you, and, that, and that, that's also a lesson. Sometimes you make a pick in a race, but there could be a key scratch that could change the whole complexion of the race. If Jack Van Berg scratches. That changes the whole complexion of this particular race. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up to you. So I just didn't know if, if you knew about that and if I didn't know if our listeners may have known about that as well. So with that being said, I have to, uh, I know this is going to sound boring, but you basically uh, broke down the Smarty Jones stakes exactly the way that I would have done it uh, because I think the gray attempt, depending on Jack Van Berg, could be your winner indeed. Uh, I do, though, like Bankett as well. The seven horse, who is seven to two on the morning line, and actually is your co-second, uh, or actually is your second favorite on the morning line at seven to two. Gray Attempt is the favorite at five to two. But I do like Bankett with Ricardo Santana Jr. on the saddle and Steve Asmussen uh, to be the winner of the Smarty Jones Stakes. Definitely, as you mentioned about the Springboard uh, Springboard Mile, uh, even though Long Long Range Teddy, even though he won that race. I'm telling you, I mean, Bankett was absolutely, it, it, it's like Bankett was, caused, uh, was caught in either L.A. traffic or New York traffic. I mean, he had to weave, bob and weave his way through uh, a, a, an 11-horse field 
or I'm sorry, through a uh, through a, uh, a an eight horse field. But he, I mean, it, it, he was eleven lengths back. I mean, he was he was eleventh back, I should say, uh, and he was eight and eight and a quarter lengths out at the start of the race. He was just absolutely gobbled up by the traffic, and he came to finish second and only lost by a head. So I definitely think that Bankett is definitely a strong horse to take the Smarty Jones stakes today at Oaklawn Park for their opening day. Uh, also, one thing about Oaklawn Park uh, and their opening day, you know, Oaklawn is home to four derby preps, so th- this is just the first of a long, tough schedule uh, coming up for the winter and early spring for Oaklawn. But I do like, um, I definitely like Bankett uh, to be there at the end to be your winner. I like the, I like the five boulder. The five boulder at eight to one is definitely an interesting horse going two turns for the first time. But I think that a boulder being a, um, he's like a, he's going to be stalking to come out of the gate. I see the race is opening up at like this. The eight and the eight and the nine will be on the lead. Gray attempt and Jack Van Berg. You got the one four five seven in the stalking position, and the two three six will be off the pace. I think that it really sets up. The race really sets up for a horse like Boulder to be uh, there at the end stalking. But also, I want to let you know about the 12-to-1 horse for Love of Country, Joe Bravo and James DeVito, the six horse. That six horse is the only horse in the field with graded stakes stakes experience. Started a career as a turf runner, came off the turf to win last time out in the slop at a mile distance. But does he like the slop, or is he better off the turf? So he hasn't really run a dirt race in dry conditions yet. So I think that the six for love of country is a definite underdog. I like the five, six, seven, eight combination to be, to be played with. Obviously the one long range Teddy you want to throw in there too. So I like playing with the one, five, six, seven, eight for the Smarty Jones. And I like the seven on top with Bankett. Uh, Dana, do you want to add anything more or are you good to go? Uh, I think I'm good to go. As I said, uh, you know, if, if, Jack Van Berg is scratched out of there. It's going to be hard to beat Gray Attempt the eight horse. And if uh, Jack Van Berg stays in the race, then I like Bankett, you know, at seven to two. I got you, my friend. Well, uh, with that being so, that's the breakdown of the uh, Smarty Jones Stakes coming up today from Oaklawn Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So with that, uh, let's move on to the next race. But before we do that, I just want to remind everybody to log on to sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD, and check out the latest episodes of Out of Bounds podcast as the boys break down all the latest sports and pop culture topics going on there. Dave, Dan, and Jeff. Again, that's Out of Bounds on sportsradiodetroit.com, SRD. Check out their podcast. It's definitely a lot of fun. So with that, let's move on to something that's also fun, the richest horse race in the world, that would be Saturday's grade one. One mile and an eighth, $9 million purse. The Pegasus World Cup Invitational Stakes from Gulfstream Park in Hallandale Beach, Florida. The richest horse race in the world. This will be race 12 on your card. A field of 12 horses set for post time around 536 Eastern Standard Time. And the broadcast will be on the NBC Sports Network and it's a field of 12 horses coming up for Saturday's race. It's always a good one. The Pegasus, Dana, my friend, what's going to happen? Well, first of all, I like to say uh, I'd love to have enough money to enter a horse in this race. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be pretty nice. Yeah, I'd like to have a mo- like a million dollars sitting around to, to enter a horse in this race. But um, this looks to me like uh, uh, another you know, fairly chalky race. Um I actually was over your humble abode 
last April for the Oaklawn Handicap from Oaklawn Park, when City of Light and Accelerate faced each other at the same distance, City of Light won that race. He had just won out in Santa Anita. It was actually his first two-turn race of his career. Uh, and it was a very impressive performance. They beat the rest of the field by 10 lengths. I see a similar, I don't think they're going to beat the rest of the field by 10 lengths, but I do see the same two horses finishing 1-2 in this race. City of Light, has, has that was his only one mile on an eighth race. It was very impressive. He earned a good speed figure. His last race was the Breda Cup Dirt Mile, where he dominated the race. He went to the front, set really fast fractions, and you know, and nobody could catch up to him. He was that impressive. He ran a 110 fire speed figure. Uh, Accelerate obviously won the the Breeders Cup, uh, the big one, you know, the classic. He had to overcome post 14 in that race. His speed figures have declined in the last few races, but you know, he still showed some moxie there by overcoming that wide post and holding off Gunnavera to our great uh, dismay at 30 to one, because we all love Gunnavera in that race. Um, and and win, and win the biggest race of the year. So I think he's going to come back strong. He's been uh, working bullets all the way through. I think it's going to be City of Light winning the race. Accelerate is going to finish second. And you could throw a bunch of horses in for the for the for the show spot here. Uh, I'm I'm looking at something awesome just because he's 20 to one and he's done well at a mile and an eighth twice. He won some uh, decent races out in Laurel and. Charlestown. He won the Charlestown Classic at this distance. Had a little bit of a prep race in November where he ran a seven furlong race and rallied for second. This could be just kind of a sneaky long shot who gets up at a big price. But really, there's about five or six horses who could finish third. But I just look at this horse as a, a two-horse race. City of Light and Accelerate, one-two. And with that, I'll throw it back to Pete. Well, I appreciate that, Dana. I sort of agree with you on that. I mean, taking a look at the board, it's obviously, you know, I mean, the richest horse race in the world, you're not really going to send any duds into the field. Uh, and usually when you have a favorite, I mean, Accelerate being the favorite at 9 to 5 on the morning line, he should be because Accelerate is one darn good horse. But he's not unbeatable. He's not Justify. Uh, he, he's not California Chrome. Uh, Accelerate is, uh, he's not even arrogant. I mean, Accelerate is a darn good frickin' horse, but I don't know if he's as good as, as City of Light. Now, one thing, though, to mention about uh, City of Light with Javier Castellano on the saddle. City of Light, before Javier Castellano, was a stalking horse. Never really did anything at the front on purpose. There was one race, it was the Grade 1 Malibu, where Drayden Van Dyke had City of Light on the front, and City of, City of Light did very well. Now, last time out, uh, at the Grade 1 uh, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, uh, City of Light obviously won that one with Javier Castellano. I think that City of Light going out for the front in this race, especially with the two, with the 12, pattern recognition on the extreme outside, which is a very, very poor post position for a front runner. I think that City of Light is going to gain the lead extremely easy. And not only easy, I don't think he's going to be challenged as much as Accelerate would like him to be challenged because the challenger is coming out of the 12-hole. Pattern recognition with Jose Ortiz on the saddle. That's a Chad Brown horse at 10-to-1 on the morning line. This horse, pattern recognition, has won the last three races with three different jockeys. But being on the 12-hole, 
and I don't remember the exact numbers of the stats, but post 9 through 12 and beyond for the Pegasus, they don't do well, folks. It's like, if I remember, it's like 4 of 34 or 4 of 35, uh, you know, coming over there to even make the board. It's, it's so that even, you know, you can even count out a horse like Audible, the 10 horse, the Flavian Pratt Todd Pletcher entry. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. So I really think that City of Light is going to gain the lead very easily, not really be challenged that much, to be honest with you, because he's, this challenger is so far out. Gonna, it's going to leave Gunavera. Gunavera needs a strong pace to come from behind. I don't know if he's going to get that pace out of all that. So with that being said, it opens up the door for an underdog. And I'm telling you who the underdog is. Tom's de Ta. Tom's de Ta, whatever you want to call it. So Tom's de Ta, which is the six horse, Sean Bridgmahan and Albert Stahl Jr. at 20 to 1. I'm telling you guys, take a look at his optional claimer race from Saratoga back on July 17th, uh, July 27th. He ran a 106 buyer speed, speed figure rating running basically from the front with Joel Rosario on the saddle. So now you got Sean Bridgmahan. I think Sean Bridgmahan is going to put him into a true stalking position, possibly close to even third or possibly even on the lead. I think City of Light's going to be challenged by Tom's Deta when he doesn't even realize he'll be challenged by Tom's Deta. And that will help Gunavera to get there. But I really think that Tom's Deta is going to hit the board. I really do. So I like the three, five, six, eight as my combination in the coming up in the Pegasus. So I definitely think that it'll be the three City of Light or the eight Gunavera as your winner. But I'll play with the three, six, I'm sorry, the three, five, six, eight. And those would be my picks. Dana, do you have any more comments on that, my friend? Well, I just, I, I'd like to throw out there that Bravazo was in this race. Bravazo was in all the, uh, all the Triple Crown races last year. He was in the Travers. He was in the Raiders Cup Dirt Mile, finished third to City of Light. This is a pretty uh, honest horse. I mean, he, 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 He's, he runs a lot. Uh, he's gotten a, a little bit of a layoff since the Clark handicap at Churchill Downs here. I, I could see Bravazo maybe clunking up for third as well, but I just say I, I, I just can't see past City of Light and accelerate in this race. Yeah, the, the two top dogs. But I just find it interesting that the one horse that could change the whole race has been actually thrown out of the race before it even starts, uh, pattern yeah. recognition in the 12-hole. So there yeah, it is. Those... Well, one thing about pattern recognition, uh, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's run two turns yet. I think all of his, all of his races thus far have been uh, either sprints or mile races, one turn mile races. He's got two one one turn mile races. Yes. Right. Exactly. So I, so that's another adjustment for him. He hasn't even been a mile on an eighth, and here he's running the richest race in the world. So uh, that's that's a lot to ask out of that horse. And you know, Chad Brown's going to be aggressive. And so that's I, I still think he's going to try to go for the lead. I really see I really see the three, six, and twelve on the lead. I mean the twelve is going to be obviously back a little bit, but he's going to push the twelve. I mean that's that's the job. So we will see what happens. Well, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we will have Ryan Dickey back next week. Unfortunately, though, for coming up next week, it'll be Ryan's final usual show with us. He will appear every once in a while as a guest. Uh, but Ryan is, Ryan Dickey is indeed moving on. So coming up next week will be the first hardcore Whip and Nene podcast show, if you will, because we really enter a big time, uh, the, the meat of the schedule for the prep race schedule. We will have three races to break down coming up next week. So it'll be a long show for us. 
We have the Robert B. Lewis from Santa Anita. We have the Withers from Aqueduct. And we have the Holy Bull from the great Gulfstream Park. So how about that, Dana? I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think this is, uh, you know, when you think about it, the Derby is only about three and a half, maybe less than three and a half months to go here. So it's, we're, 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 starting to, we're starting to get into the, to the real fun part of the, of the year. Absolutely, bro. And when that snow melts, as you know, that's when the uh, that's when the excitement, that heartbeat starts beating. You know, when the first of April comes around, my heart starts beating. I'm like, yeah, we're only a <laughs> month away, more just over a month away. So I love it. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to tune into other shows and podcasts here on SportsRadioDetroit.com, including the Out of Bounds podcast, Parsons and Slow, Fanarchy, the Set Piece, Mitten Sports Talk, Grave Discussions, The Laugh Track, Spinning the Wheels, SRD Ringside, Wings SRD, Pistons SRD, Lions SRD, and Tigers SRD. And also don't forget to check back for more of the Whip and Nene podcasts as the Triple Crown season progresses. So thanks very much for listening. A reminder, I am one of the show hosts, Pete Spyback. You can find me on Twitter at Son of USFL Dad. And Dana, where can folks find you? Uh, on Twitter at D Garuder. I appreciate everybody for listening. And a reminder what Stan Laurel says, you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led. Good luck, hail, and farewell. This has been an SRD production.